Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their insights. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. I often look at Autism Stories as such a great opportunity for education for all of us at better understanding about the autistic experience because there is still not enough education out there, especially from learning from us as autistics uh, ourselves. So that's why I'm excited to talk with Zara Astra on this episode. Zara joins me to discuss teaching a class understanding neurodivergent women, as well as we get into a discussion about female autistic characters in media. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Zara, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'd love to start off by learning about uh, your story and where does your story in the autistic community begin? Well, I grew up with a profoundly autistic little cousin that I helped to take care of when I was a kid. So that was my first exposure to autism. And I thought that is what autism is. It's a nonverbal boy who's kind of flapping his hands and he's doing the verbal stimming. I thought that's what it was until I hit my 30s and I start to see some autistic traits in my own son. And they looked pretty similar to some of my own childhood qualities and symptomology, I would say. So I kind of ended up going down the rabbit hole of self-discovery and figuring out that I was also on the autism spectrum. And from there, I just went through this whole process of, gosh, it was like, it was like a morning of the life that I could have had had I known that I was autistic, right? So my work in autism really started there with self-discovery and then going down this quest to help other women and girls so that they also don't have to be so confused growing up and lost and kind of wondering why they're so different. So you learned as an adult that you are autistic, and when adults go through the professional assessment process to determine if they're autistic, many times there's a questionnaire required for a family member to fill out. I think this uh, oftentimes isn't helpful because so often adults have masked um, their entire lives, and family members really aren't able to recognize this and truly give a good assessment of each person. I know personally for myself, I didn't feel comfortable with a family member filling uh, the questionnaire out. So did you have a family member fill out the questionnaire in your assessment? And if so, what was your experience with this? I am right there with you. I do not think that the questionnaire was helpful (laughs) at all. Because as you mentioned, we become very good at masking. And we see this in girls and we see this in women, especially because we're conditioned from a young age, right, to mask and blend in and, and hide these traits. 
So one of my biggest things was I was severely OCD as a child and it was very, very difficult. And the craziest part about it was when the assessment was done by my family members, none of them had any idea that I struggled with that severely for years of my life. So what I saw in this assessment was that it was not accurate at all to the experience that I'd had growing up and and to who I was. Were you hiding some of these OCD traits? Uh, Absolutely, I was hiding (laughs) them. And I was finding ways, as I'm discovering now, to stem in a less observable way because I already felt like an alien. I felt like a weirdo on this planet. And then I'm doing these bizarre rituals before getting in a car or out of a pool or, you know, counting incessantly in my head. And so absolutely, I hit it. Now you are a professor and teach a class understanding neurodivergent women in which uh, neurodivergent students will engage in self-reflection to enhance their authentic selves in this class. So really interested in uh, the, this class. What feedback have you received from these students on how the class has hopefully enhanced their lives? So I'm teaching at Arizona State University in the counseling department, basically. So I have a lot of students that are training to be social workers and to work in counseling and to help other people. A lot of them come out of the class with a better understanding specifically of the female clients and patients that they might have. But the most interesting part of it for me is that the very first thing we do in class is I say, do a video self-assessment. Tell me who you are. Do you think that you're neurodivergent in any way? And then I have them repeat that on the very last day of class because it's about discovering who they are as well, you know, rather than it's not just about helping future clients. It's about figuring out who they are in the process. And the responses from day one to the last day are fascinating. And my students seem to really enjoy that that process. Now the class isn't just for neurodivergent students. Neurotypical students in the class get to learn how to communicate, cohabitate, and work with uh, neurodiverse individuals throughout their lives. So do you see this opportunity for neurotypical students more as a way to better support neurodiverse people or to unlearn things that they may have thought or done that truly wasn't helpful to autistic and neurodiverse people in their lives? I think that it's both. We obviously have this skewed and outdated you know, misconception about what autism is in our society. So part of it is dismantling that while also introducing them to actual autistic people, because there are a lot of autistic women that sign up for my class. So introducing them and creating this neurodiverse community in the classroom where they get to work with actual autistic women and, and, and see that we are not what they thought. We are not what society pins us as. Now, um, this class and this type of education, I think, is so critical. So I wish there was more of these classes out there. So what would be your advice to others who may want to approach colleges and universities to teach classes similar to this? 
Well, I think you have to just set up the meetings and go for it. What happened for me was I was having lunch with somebody that worked at Arizona State, and I said, I have this idea for a class. We need some kind of education out there for neurodivergent women. There's nothing that exists in the entire planet right now. We need something. So he sets me up on a Zoom right there at the lunch table, and I'm Zooming with <laughs> the dean of the school, and she says, this is so interesting. Can you come and do a guest lecture here? And so I flew out to Arizona. I did a guest lecture. It ended up being a huge success for the other psychologists and professors and, and counselors and students. And they then asked me if I would build an entire course around this. So it kind of just organically unfolded for me. But I'd say a lot of people, a lot of universities are just not aware so it's a matter of going to them and saying hey this is the problem that exists here's my solution that starting point of just having to do like impromptu communication that would have been really overwhelming for me it, it is really overwhelming i don't particularly like to talk on the phone i like emails and then zooming though for me is good because i feel like i can connect to a person so right now we're talking i'm face to face with you yeah. i feel like this is a real conversation i can engage in this but if this were a phone call you're right cold calls not a fan forget about it <laughs> but so but to, to that point in my class i open up this avenue for students to explore and engage in whatever way is comfortable for them because i think part of what we need to do is recognize what our needs are and then create the accommodations for ourselves. So in my class, you can engage Zoom face-to-face. -face. You can type in the text box. You can be on camera, you can be off camera. You know, you can do video responses or written word. It's about figuring out what we need and how we best communicate and figuring out a way to adapt or apply that into our everyday life. So in addition to being a professor, you're also a screenwriter and a producer. Do you see any connection between um, being a professor and screenwriter? Um, you know, maybe two paths that might seem to be quite different. Absolutely. Well, my my initial idea for the course that I wanted to teach was a writing class, a screenwriting class on developing authentic female characters, because what we often see is we've seen the male autistic character in film and television, and he's often the genius male savant, white male savant, math genius, doctor. We see that, which is a tiny, tiny part of the picture here. And with the female autistic characters, they are rarely labeled as such, but they exist. The manic pixie dream girl, right? She exists. The autistic female is all over film and television. They just don't label her that. They pick and choose little parts of her, throw them in to try to make this like dynamic, interesting character that leads the, that guides the male lead to his destiny, right? So there's a huge crossover there with the work that I'm doing in my opinion, because by discovering what actual autistic women are, right, we can create more authentic characters in film and television. And by creating more authentic characters in film and television, we have the opportunity to show the world the truth of it, right? Yeah, there, there are not too many openly autistic females on television and TV series and movies. A lot of times it seems like that people like on social media will, you know, think like, oh, I identify with this person. She's like me, but they don't, but it's not specifically said within these shows. 
Exactly. And there's a huge responsibility that comes with being a filmmaker because you're going to influence a lot of people, whether you intend to or not. So you might as well influence them with accurate portrayals of what autism is. Now, you currently, I believe, have a documentary in production, Spectrum Neurodiversity, that focuses on uh, dyslexia, ADHD, and autism as examples of diversity in the human condition. What have you learned so far from uh, this uh, experience, this documentary? So I just spent the last two and a half months filming across the world. I think we did 13, 14, 15 different cities in a short period of time. We're making one documentary on ADHD and one on the autism spectrum. And what I learned in this process is that we don't know anything. <laughs> I thought I was pretty well versed in autism in the neurodivergent community. But as we're going around the world, we're interviewing all of these autistic families, people, doctors, neuroscientists, researchers, and we're just seeing that we're really starting to scratch the surface and there's just so much more work and research to be done. That's what, that's what I've learned the most and that we're all so different and we needed to be treated as such, as individuals. We know absolutely nothing. That's why each one of our stories is so important. Exactly. Yeah. So I imagine things can happen in the production process, but uh, is there somewhat of a timeline of when a spectrum neurodiversity can be seen by the public? We are shooting for the fall. All right. Well, that's not too far away then. Look yes. Forward. Me and my producing partner are also, we're both autistic with ADHD. So we joke that the, probably the most ADHD thing we can do is trying to make two documentaries at the same time. So we couldn't focus on just one, right? Yeah. Well, and you said the fall. You didn't say this fall. You know, it could but, be hey, any good fall. Point. Could good be any point. fall. <laughs> and Zara, how can people learn more about you beyond this interview? I am on Instagram at Zara Astra. I'm on LinkedIn. And I really prefer those platforms because I can just communicate in text and it's, you know, less overwhelming for me, I'd say. Well, um, thanks so much, Zara, for your time. Really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Zara for the conversation. To learn more about Zara, please check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. Did you know that Autism Personal Coach provides neurodiversity-affirming support by autistics for autistics through our customized coaching? If this is something that you're interested in learning more about, please visit AutismPersonalCoach.com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.